All right, everybody. Welcome to Real Talk from the Kitchen Table podcast. So we had talked about the name, and we had said just like Real Talk. But we're at the kitchen table, so why not Real Talk at the okay. kitchen table? From the kitchen table. From the kitchen table. I'm sorry. Real Talk from the from kitchen. the kitchen table. Well, we are at the kitchen table. Yeah. Too, so I guess we need to introduce ourselves. Well, my name is John Burt, and this is my lovely wife. Lindsay Burt. You look very pretty today, by the way. I, I love your hair. Guys, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize. I don't know why. I just feel giggly. She I'm does. She, moods she really is today. Does anybody ever get in those moods where you're just overly giggly? I don't even know if that's a, the proper way to say that, but I just get that way, and then I just, like, laugh. Like so, sorry if I kind of giggle a little today under some of those moods. So this is our first episode of our podcast and we're really excited and just kind of the burden of our podcast is we want to be an encouragement and a help to young Christians, mm -hmm. uh, young married couple, young adults, teenagers, and just try to help navigate through some of the problems in life. And I kind of felt today to kind of kick this off the first podcast should be about just introducing ourselves, kind of giving you our testimony, uh, how we met, where we're at in life now, and just uh, how things are going. So, Lindsay, do you want to give us your testimony first? So, I grew up your typical church kid. Um, I was involved in everything, every service, every time, every youth event, every kids event, like whatever it was, I was there. Um, my parents were super involved. My siblings and I were super involved, and that's just what we did. That's that's who we were. We're the church-going family. Like that's just who we were. Um, every time the doors were open, that's where we were. And I grew up knowing how to do things. Right. Um, thought I got saved at a younger age. I made a profession of faith is what I kind of like to call it because I did. I, it was a wonderful service. I went down. My friend actually was sitting with me. We both went down. Um... And I thought I got saved, but I think I honestly just kind of followed her lead. Um, I don't know if any of you kind of can relate to that, but I didn't truly go down to get a relationship. I just went down because I knew it was what I was supposed to do at the time, um, I guess, if that makes sense. So I didn't really have a conviction, I guess you would say. Um, I just went down because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And so years later, um, stayed in church you know, continuing to do all those things. And then in my high school years, the Lord truly dealt with me and convicted my heart. Um, but it kind of looked different than a lot of people. Yeah. Our testimonies are really different. But for me, what it looked like was for years, um, I was praying. I didn't know if it kind of started out where I was praying for my burdens, for lost loved ones, for situations. And I was praying for those burdens. And I thought that's what I was always praying about. And I was. Then it went to the fact of I thought that the Lord might be wanting to use me in missions. So we had a missions conference and I thought that maybe that's where the Lord, like why he was speaking to me and why I was, you know, what I was needing to pray over and that kind of thing. But then a little bit after that, so this was a kind of a longer period of time, several years. Then a little bit after that, really the first time he truly convicted right. me. Um, I was in church on a Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. I was sitting about halfway back, and we had a visiting preacher, and he was preaching on the veil of Christ. And to be honest with you, he gave the title. I wrote it down, and I don't remember anything else <laughs> um, because the Lord just really started speaking to me. And so that's what I was hearing instead of the sermon. But um, I just kind of kept pushing it off. I had what people would call, I guess, hard conviction. I don't know if you yeah. call it that way, but everybody's is not that way. 
Um, I had the true, like my heart was beating out of my chest. I was sweaty, fidgety. I just, I mean, everything, I was just, you know, torn up. Torn up. Like, oh, yeah, I was been out of sure. shape. I've not been out of shape. I was just worked up um, on the inside. And so I knew that everybody around me thought that I was saved. And I had proclaimed that. And um, one thing that the Lord, and, you know, as he was dealing with me, Satan was also fighting against me. And I truly believe that. And one thing that I kept thinking was, I remember specifically in my head saying, Lord, you know, I've sang during these services and you've moved or people have gotten saved, you know, while I've been singing. And it, clearly we know that that doesn't matter. What we do, it's not what we do, it's what Christ does. And so that was my first wrong conception at the time, um, misconception. And so, but Satan was using that, trying to get me to say that I was saved. And the Lord truly spoke to me and was like, you know, if I can use a donkey, what makes you think I couldn't use you? Right. And it's like he was just sitting right beside me when he said that. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, I've got to get saved. So then I went into the fact of dealing with when I was going to get saved. So I had originally started by saying that I was going to go to the preacher's house. He's very willing. Um, we have a loving pastor that is willing to, you know, see you during the week, things like that. And I was like, I'll just go to his house. And then the Lord was like, no. And so then it kind of, every little few minutes, it kind of bump up. So then it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll go talk to him. I'll go after church. I'll, I will. I will. You know, and so I kind of battled with that and was trying to kind of negotiate with the Lord, which we know now I know that was the craziest thing that I've ever done, um, trying to make my own will. But that's my personality. I'm a very, you know, I want to be in control of things. That's how I like, and that's not how the Lord works. And so um, then it finally got to the point where I did not actually make it into even the altar call invitation time. Um, I don't really know where he was, but I think it was somewhere right in the middle of the message because he was still preaching. Um, and so it was just funny that we did have a visiting pre like preacher in, and so our pastor, I was able to go and grab him and ask him if he could speak with me. And I, to be honest with you, it's just, again, showing kind of how the Lord works differently for people. I don't think I uttered a sound other than sobbing, just <laughs> hysterical, like, sobbing. And, you know, I'll tell you, he did. He looked at me, and this is just the difference where he said, like, I'm not the Lord. I'm man. And from him, he said, you know, Lindsay you're going to have to tell me as your pastor from what you do and how you come across, I right. don't think you're saved. And so he knew that that's what he needed me to say. And um, I admitted that I was a lost sinner yeah. dying and going to hell. And But, you know, the Lord worked on me and showed me that I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. I knew how to do religion and I knew how to do church. Um, and I knew how to be a church kid, but I just was lost without him. My testimony is similar to that. Right. Uh, I was a 12-year-old child um, and I had... Kind of like Lindsay had said, when I was younger, maybe five, six years old, I had went forward. I'll be honest to this day, the only thing, reason I can remember going forward to get saved was because I knew it was the right thing to do. There was no, there was no draw, there was no conviction until the night that God had dealt with me. We had started going to a new church, and uh, I just remember everybody would get up and say, I got saved here, I got saved you know, on this day. And I can never really go back and say, you know, that's when I really got saved. Right. I never, I, and up until that time, I had always questioned, why did I even go? And I remember one night during, during a revival, um, evangelist was in preaching, and he asked this question. He said, if you were to die right now, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke in my heart, kind of like when he was talking about your heart beating out of your chest. That's what it was for me. 
and it said, John, are you 100% sure? And I, I, I knew in my heart, if I would have died in that moment, I would have went straight to hell. I believe that would work. And I remember just calling out on Christ that night, asking him to save me. And it's amazing how my life just changed in one night. And I know you can attest to the same right. thing, uh, just what Christ did for the both of us. And it wasn't too long after that. Uh, I think I got saved in April and God started dealing with my heart in July about preaching. And uh, I said, Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, I'll go. And uh, just really remember surrendering my life to God, surrendering to the call to preach and was just so excited for what God had for me. Well, and I think, like he said, it's funny that, you know, the Lord just kind of showed me, kind of brought my attention back to that childlike faith. And John did say, you know, he was 12. And I know, you know, I'm sure there's people that probably think, you, you know, you surrender to the call to preach at 12 years old. But I think it goes back to that childlike faith and right. that scripture where it talks about how we all need to have that. And I'll tell you, I pray for that. Um, because there's times where we as adults and we as, you know, young adults and teenagers, you know, you, you have that, what you think is control and you kind of have what you right. want to plan, but we don't ultimately go back to that faith like, like a grain of a mustard seed or that childlike faith. And I really, you probably really were that willing. You right. just wanted to do whatever God wanted you to oh, do, exactly. whether that was, you know, preaching, getting saved, all those things you surrendered because you had that childlike faith. Right. And I think that's what we need, but you were really submitting to that. Oh, yeah. And it's funny just to like, you know, like we said, the conviction was kind of similar for us. Um, I'll tell you, I kind of thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> um, and I was just super fidgety. And if any of you know me, I'm very hyperactive. And is that a good word for you? No, that is a very good I'm, word I'm You're constantly all over, all over the place and moving. And I'll never forget, I went and talked to the friend that I was sitting with, you know, halfway back in church. And um, afterwards, I was like, you know, was I all over, I mean, clearly that didn't matter, but I thought I was all over the place, you know, about to fall out of the pew. And she said that she had never seen me so still. That's just amazing how God works. And I, I mean, my heart was beating on my chest. I thought I was just all over the place. And I mean, I was really torn up about, like, of, of the situation in that moment, in those minutes, I was just all over the place in my mind and in my soul and in my spirit and my heart. And apparently I was the stillest she had ever seen me. Um, but you know, I will say, I don't want anybody to think if you didn't have that, that you don't have what we have, um, that you don't have salvation, you don't have Jesus. Conviction can look different for everybody. I agree, and one statement you've always said that's always really helped me um, is comparison is the thief of all right. joy. My story's not gonna be like your story. Your story's not gonna be like Lindsay's story. Obviously, our stories aren't exactly the same, right. but it's, God's going to reach you where you're at, and God's going to give you what you need. What we needed was different maybe than what you needed. So there's no need to go, I guess, and say maybe doubt. Would that right, be and word? I definitely don't want anybody doubting like, oh, I didn't have the beating out of my chest feeling. Okay, well, you didn't have to. As long as you believed in Christ and knew that he could be your Savior, right. you know, as long as you truly received salvation and there's a difference in you and you That's have exactly a relationship right. with Christ. Um but I do think that just goes to show you we, we have similar, but they're different. But also, you know, just to make that statement that everybody's conviction is different. Right. And our testimonies are different, which puts, it makes us unique. It makes us who we are. Right. But it's, it's you. Right. But even moving on from that, um, me and Lindsay met in 2011. Yeah. And we were 15. We were 15 years old. We met over a, uh, I guess technically the first time we ever talked was over a Skype call. My sister was Skyping somebody from her church, 
and they were like, you really have got to meet this girl. And I was, you know, I wasn't, I was laying up, okay. Can we tell? Oh, man, no. <laughs> that, that's a rough one. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I didn't know this until a long time later. But John, you know, we had set up this time to meet over Skype. It was like, probably about 9 o'clock. First of all, I guess we need to back it up. Do we even know what Skype is? I don't know if all of you Skype listeners know what Skype like, is. Skype is kind of like, it was like FaceTime over the computer it's at the like time. FaceTime. It's hard to believe that was almost 10 years ago. It's like FaceTime, but in a Zoom, kind of. More of an informal Zoom. Right. Yeah, so for yeah, those yeah, of you yeah. that don't know what Skype is, that's what that is. But anyway, so we had set up this time to meet, and I was so excited um, you were actually at a friend's house during the big snowstorm. Yes, we had a snowstorm, and so we were not at school, and so I was with friends. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll Skype, that's fine. And I think your sister had called me. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's fine. And so I got on, and John, you know, he looked so handsome, and he was on there just trying to win my heart, you know. Doing and the best I could. y'all, we found out, John, you had to tell him his confession. I had, I was going to be slick. I've always tried to be kind of slick about things. So what I did is when I, you know, my sister said, you're going to meet this girl tonight. I went in my room and I put a button-up collar shirt at the time. I think we had Abercrombie. That's when everybody was wearing Abercrombie. It's a big thing. So I had that. Maybe it was Hollister. I can't remember. Anyways, I put that on. And like I said, it was about 9, 9.30. I had pajama pants <laughs> on underneath that. So the only thing so, she could see was about what you can up. see right now is chest up. And I said, I'm about to really impress this girl. So I went in there. I was like, yeah, I just got home from my... I can't believe I lied. He did. He told me. I was like, I just got home from eating Mexican food with my friends. and was trying to be all suave. And I think maybe it was like a year later I broke down. I was like, he yeah. He told me. But it was. I mean, it, it worked. I don't recommend telling white lies. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But um, I was trying to be smooth. But it is. That's something that I always look back on. I'm like, but you know, also like... He wanted to impress me, and I think it all can tie back into spiritual things. Where like the Lord wants to, like impress, not impress us. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, He wants to show us. He wants us to how... swoon us. That's yeah. a, that's a good word. He wants to swoon us with His love and affection. And so, um, if you are married, if you're not, if you're not even dating, but if you're wanting to pursue that and praying for that person, you know, you need to be swooned by that. Is that a good word? I don't uh, normally swooned. use that I've never word. heard that. But... Um, I think it's just one of those things that like truly just that love like right. that. And I think that that's something that you need to pray for in a mate. That's something that we found. Um, hopefully some of you can attest that that's what right. you found. But also that's what we find first and foremost through the Lord. Um, that love relationship. So it's just that effort. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what it is. And then there was a, a short span, I guess for about a year and a half. Yeah. It was like junior, senior year of high school. We uh, had... Uh, we're dating and things weren't working out like we felt. Yeah. And, and we I guess were that's a good for time a year and a half. for you to kind of talk about where you were kind of mentally away from the world. And I was. I, I told Lindsay this, I told her this a long time ago, that I really believed because I had a short spell where I ran from God. I was still in church. I was going to Bible college at the time. I was doing all these things. But mentally and in my heart, I wasn't giving giving it and I was making other plans to do other things in life other than preach. Just priorities. Your priorities exactly. were where they needed to be. And that really, through that time, it allowed me to really grow up um, spiritually, maturely. And me and Lindsay got back together, I guess, around 2013. It had been, I guess, right around your senior year. Yeah. And uh, we've just been in love and going strong ever since. Yeah. And so, but I think it's one of those things, you know, I do think back because he was in Bible college and those right. things, but 
it's funny, I think the Lord really had you. Even though you weren't where you needed to be, you right. still learned and were where you needed to be at the time. Well, and it even goes to show that you can be in church, you can be doing all these things, and you still can be playing games. And that's, oh, that's exactly what I was doing. I mean, everybody thought, you know, John's good, but in my heart, I was not where I needed to be. Right. Well, and that's one of those things where you have to realize that, and I think we've probably all been at that place to an extent um, and to a degree, and I think that had we have stayed together we might not be where we are today like right. that clearly then it wasn't good to be apart because you know it's just not what's ideal but in that time frame we both talked to other people dated other people right. um and kind of had different lifestyles for that time frame but then the lord just brought us back together because yes. his way that's what he wanted, but it's one of those things where you realize that there's God's perfect will and there's things that we can do and decisions we can make to get off of his path. Right, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I just, I, I go back and I thank God for that time. Just like Lindsay said, it wasn't fun being apart, but it really, it, it puts things in a lot of perspective, right. I guess, if you will. Right. And, and that's the thing with being a Christian is just really being sold out to Christ. I think that's one thing we're missing in our day is how sold all sold out are we? Right. And that's one of those things too, like I think that's where it's gotten us to where we are today. And today, I mean here we sit and we've been married almost three years, two and a half. Yep, two and a half. Two and a half we've been together almost ten years. And <sighs> that's hard to believe. I know we feel old, sorry. For those of you who don't judge us, we're not that old. Um, but John is full-time evangelism and I am a special education teacher, um, for kindergarten through fifth graders. And so it's like, you know, you see what's brought you here. And so if you're in that place where you don't know what's ahead and you're praying for that, um, just keep pushing forward and praying for what you want right. and praying specifically of how the Lord's going to use because, you and who you're going to be with. And I think, you know, a lot of times we get stuck. Like this, if you feel stuck right now in the, the area of life you're in, whether you don't have a spouse, you're not dating anybody, you're praying for somebody today, you might be. I remember our engaged, when we were engaged, that was the worst year of my life because it felt like it was never going to end. You have to realize everybody has a story, and where you're at may just be part of your story right now. Right. Well, and that's how the Lord builds you into who you are. So whether it's where you want to be or not, the Lord has you there for an ultimate purpose. Right, and it may not be comfortable right now. And, no, you know, when we first started walking with Christ, there was nowhere in the Bible that said, hey, guys, this is going to be really easy. So just <laughs> kick back, take it easy. But, you know, it's in truly in those hard times, and we'll get more into just different things later in future episodes, but it's in those times God really molds you, God really makes you, and the people you are. It's learning lessons. I, I believe daily that there's a lesson to learn and reflect on to help you in the future. Right. And so it's just one of those things where I think in the next few episodes, you know, as we talk through things, maybe not a formal episode about it, but really sharing our testimonies again, like I was the church kid, but there was things that I was around that made me had to be bold in my faith and who I was. Um, and things that I experienced going through that um, time of life, especially the teenagers, those are hard. And teenage college can be hard, but it's a fun time of life. And, you know, the Lord wants us to enjoy that time. Right. But also, you know, you kind of have to realize who you are and what you're going to stand for. Um, and so I think there's some things that we can share there. And then, you know, you too, especially with 
things that you got into and that mental battle that you did oh, have yeah. with being committed to the Lord. And this might not be a comfortable time, but it's definitely a time where the Lord has you for a reason, just like where we are today. Right, because I guess it's almost been a month ago. That's crazy to think about. I quit my job, stepped out in full-time evangelism, and I didn't realize when I did that that COVID-19 was going to take place and right. you know really shut everything down like it has. But that's just a fact that God knows. Right. The Lord God, knew and God, God knew where we're at now, and He's been faithful, and He knows where you're at. He knows where you're going to be in three years from now. So my biggest encouragement to you is just don't give up in the phase of life you're in right now. Right. Well, and just to kind of like take that a step back, you know, John had decided to work like a month's notice instead of a two-week notice just to be a help. Be a help yeah. and, you know, work as long as they needed him to that month before he stepped out. And, you know, I think back and I had a lot of people question us of, you know, is he going to keep working or now that this pandemic has happened, because the pandemic came, I guess, the last week you yeah, were working. It did. And it was like, you know, is he going to stay at work or... What are y'all going to do? Is he still going into ministry full time? And, you know, that didn't take the Lord by surprise. And the Lord knew right. that this was going to happen and that we were going to be quarantined during this. Um, and there's a reason for it. Still right now, I don't think we really know the reason of no. why maybe this happened in this particular time frame. But I will say just little things, little blessings, like me being a teacher, like I said, I'm at home. So we're able to have time together, prepare, prepare things for ministry um, that we probably wouldn't have had the exact time to do with working and doing ministry, but we're able to do things like this, and the Lord kind of gave this burden and a while back, but now here we are, the burden for the podcast that came about through friends of ours right. um, from a church that we were at. You know, they asked us if we had thought about doing this, and then we kind of prayed about it, but it's like now, the Lord wanted it now. He didn't want it then, I don't right. think, but He wanted it now. We're at a place where we can do this, and so... You know, where it might not be a comfortable places. Like right now, this hasn't been necessarily comfortable, but it's been a blessing. Um, and I'll just kind of go a little bit farther, which we can kind of talk about later, I guess, deeper. Um, but just to kind of share where we are, you know, I am a teacher and I'm very settled in my job, I guess you would say, yeah. whereas John's kind of coming out, I guess people would say it's a little more unsettled. Yeah. Um, starting something new, we're at, I guess not unsettled. We're at a new stage in, right. in our lives together. And I'm not really by myself in a new stage, but doing this stuff with ministry, but then also, you know, kind of going a step further, we are at an uncomfortable place where we are trying for a baby. And, yeah. you know, kind of that's been an uncomfortable place for us. And so we're in a time where a lot of you probably are, where right. we don't know why we are where, where we are, but it's for a purpose. And so we just wanted to encourage you today that, you know, you look back 10 years ago and you think, where the Lord's brought it's us crazy. from and where we are today and the things that we're still going through, the things right. we're facing, but just to be a testament of faith of how much He's helped us and where He's brought us from. And that's what it is. This, the whole Christian life, uh, I was talking to one preacher a while, uh, I guess a few years ago when I really got started in evangelism. He said, John, the whole Christian life, it's a life of faith. Right. And something God told me a long time ago, He said, I didn't call you, I didn't save you for you to understand everything. I don't understand everything that's happened in our life. I don't. But the one thing that God has always told me, has always reminded me, I didn't call you, I didn't save you to understand it all. I just called you to understand, to believe me and trust me. So no matter where you're at in life today, no matter what you're going to, through, you say, man, things are just crazy right now. I don't understand. I don't get why things aren't happening. You just have to, and it's so easy to say and it's hard to do sometimes, just really trust Christ and pray for God to give you that faith 
in the seasonal life you're in. Absolutely. And I think this would be a good time to kind of go back and talk about that phrase that the Lord gave you while we were in waiting when we weren't together. Right. Um, and this is kind of a phrase that the Lord gave to John while we were apart in that time frame. And then now we've used it even today. Waiting isn't wasting. Waiting isn't wasting. So I feel like that's kind of our maybe challenge for today, just to prove to you that like waiting isn't wasting. Whatever that can apply to in your life, whatever you're waiting on, that time is not a wasted time period. That's the exactly Lord wants right. to do something in that time. So figure out how He wants to speak to you, what He wants you to do while you're waiting. And what He wants to teach you, because there's always something to take away from it. But a lot of things, and I'll, I'll say this, and we're starting to run out of time here. But one thing I encourage you to do, and something I've really failed in waiting, and is just having a good attitude about it. Right. Just really having a great attitude, saying, Lord, you know, I don't understand, I don't get it, it's easier said than done, but just really having a good attitude and accepting the thing, the things God's trying to teach you because the things that God taught me a year ago, yeah. I promise I'm using today. Right. And I understand now why he put me through what he put me through then. And I think we can tie that back to even John's evangelism and where he started. You know, he said, when he, he said he was talking to that pastor when he kind of started in evangelism, he started several years ago. It was more of a part-time where we were just, you know, right. going out on Sundays and things like that. And a lot of people, you know, and I'm sure there were times that John can attest that he wanted to jump in and he wanted to be that full-time and oh, yeah. in that ministry. It was, it was hard. But that was a hard time, but the Lord didn't have that for us then. And uh, there's things that we could share along the way that I know why we probably weren't. And you and you never know, and that's what I love about the Lord, you right. never know what He's doing on the back side of things. Right. That's what I love about this Christian life that we live. Right, and then you'll get to times like we are right now, a month in, saying here we are, and we can tell you things of why we know the Lord had us in that waiting period. Um, so I guess I'm trying to think of a challenge of how we could say to challenge you about waiting isn't wasting, but I really just encourage you this week to apply that in your life. Figure out what you're waiting on, what your purpose is, right. and what you're waiting for, and how you can truly pray. What can you pray about for that thing you're waiting? How can you pray for it? How can you study over that thing that you're waiting right. for? Whether it be um, a mate, somebody to date, whether it be a college that you're picking. Right. I know a lot of people, guys, like my heart breaks for these, you know, high school seniors and yeah, all of you sure. in, in really transitional times in your life where it's difficult. You're in college. You don't know what the next semester is going to look like or you don't know what job you're going to get out of college. You know, wherever you may be in this stage of life, especially right now with this quarantine, none of us have ever experienced a time like this, but we're waiting for a reason. That's right. That's exactly right. And just to kind of wrap up one more time, if you have any questions about salvation, uh, about something you may be going through right now. If you're a guy, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you, love to help you. If you're a lady, you can reach out to Lindsay. Uh, we have all platforms of social media, and we just would love to be a help to you. Absolutely. Reach out to us. We can talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, or if there's something that you'd like to talk about with us together, we would love to do that. Um, I know sometimes there's times where people have needed to talk to John and say, you know, we kind of do that together. Yeah. Um, and so however that may look, whether it's on a social platform on here, we'd love to talk to you. you got to keep in mind, I thought like this went well for the first one, but I thought like now we have to do our, our little catchphrase again. You ready? Yeah. So this has been Real Talk. From the kitchen table. With John and Lindsay Bird. We love you guys. See you.